Welcome to Agriculture in North Carolina. This program is all about our state's largest industry, and that is agriculture. On today's program, we meet the dean, the new dean of the School of Agriculture and Life Sciences at NC State University, Dr. Gary Fox. Dr. Fox has been touring the state since becoming dean in late 2023. His Meet the Dean tour of North Carolina continues. He's going to be in Greensboro on January the 17th at the Cory Convention Center and in February at Elizabeth City at the Museum of the Albemarle. Both programs are 6 to 8 p.m. and you need to register to attend. To do that, Google Meet Dean Fox NC State University. Now, today you don't have to register as Jeff Turner and I will be joined by Dr. Gary Fox in just a moment. Ag and NC is made possible by Ag Carolina Farm Credit, First Choice Insurance Partners, and the North Carolina Department of Agriculture and Consumer Services. Got to be NC. Links to those folks on our website, agandnc.com. If you're listening to the podcast, this program is broadcast on the air on 96.3 FM and 103.7 FM, Mondays at 6.30 in the morning and at 6.30 at night. If you're listening to the broadcast and you have to leave the car before we finish the show, know that you can find the program available on a longer podcast version on Apple or Spotify, as well as the IBX Media app. You can download the IBX Media app and listen to all your favorite programs produced by Interbanks Media, like Henry Hinton's Talk of the Town, Hoist the Colors with Steve and Igo, and Patrick Johnson's show, just to name a few. And you can listen to ECU basketball and soon baseball season will start. You can listen to that live anywhere in the world on the app. All that said, we'll have more in just a moment. You're listening to Ag and NC. Thanks to the North Carolina Department of Agriculture and Consumer Services, got to be NC, North Carolina's official business development and marketing program for agriculture. More than just agriculture, it's got to be NC. This is Talk 96.3 and 103.7. I'm Dan Miller, along with Jeff Turner, and we're joined by Dr. Gary Fox. He is the new dean of the College of Agriculture and Life Sciences at NC State University. Gary, as kind of a background, give us a little idea about where you were born, brought up, and kind of what led you to where you are. Sure, absolutely. So I was born and raised in a very small community, a very small town in North Texas, southwest of Fort Worth called Godley, Texas. Very, very small community, about 600 people in the community. Um, we had a beef cattle kind of wheat, a little bit of corn operation, um, really involved heavily in high school and FFA. Again, small high school, graduated the high school class of about 35, and I was a first-generation college student. My parents, my grandparents all just kind of never went to college. My brothers didn't have an interest in going to college, wanted to stay near the near home, and I had the just a wonderful opportunity to have one of the, I think, one of the best FFA teachers in the state of Texas. He kind of helped guide me towards college uh, in Texas. I ended up with a, a number of FFA scholarships that required me to major in agriculture and go to a public school in Texas. And so that was uh, there was a really great opportunity at Texas A&M with a degree program in agricultural engineering. I had no idea what it meant to be an engineer, but my teachers had told me I was good at math and science. And so I kind of ended up in ag engineering and it was just a wonderful fit for me. Thought I was going to just go to school, you know, get out and get a job and then had the wonderful opportunity to start doing undergraduate research with a faculty member. Actually now works with Bayer Crop Science and we've done a lot of work with Bayer uh, over the years on uh, pesticide transport and fate. 
but I had a wonderful opportunity to start doing research, and that really changed my career. It you know led me into a career in academia. Uh, my mom is a teacher's aide still at the at the elementary school there in my hometown, and she's always had a, a gift for teaching. And she always encouraged me to go into teaching. And so my passion has always been interacting and engaging with students. And I've used that engagement in all of my positions in academia, whether that's as a faculty member uh, or as a director of the Water Center at Oklahoma State. Uh, And then I came to NC State about seven years ago as a department head and then had the wonderful opportunity this past summer to be named dean of the College of Agriculture. Your undergraduate and graduate master's degree at Texas A&M, and then uh, what did you major in at Colorado State, and how'd you get there? Yeah, so Colorado State uh, was a really, really fantastic program. Uh, they have done a lot of research focused on water resources. That's my background is in water. Uh, I'm really a hydraulic engineer, and Colorado State was one of the premier institutions for that. was originally intending to really go there to do an ag engineering PhD, but they had actually folded their ag engineering program into a civil engineering program. And so I had the wonderful opportunity of going into civil engineering there, did my PhD there at Colorado State. We we look forward to having you here and, and, and Absolutely. with us. And for the longest time, you know, I, I recall back in, in the late 70s, early 80s, there were a lot of two-year programs around in community colleges. And of course, they failed or those programs had to be shut down because of the lack of interest, which was because of the lack, the lack of profitability. In the last few years, in a lot of livestock, we've had a downturn. And has that affected the enrollment and what I will call the excitement of coming back to the farm? Uh, we have seen some growth recently coming out of the pandemic with regard to both our four-year and our two-year programs. We were down uh, this past year. We're actually up about 4% in enrollment. Uh, We have about 2,600 undergraduate students in the college in our four-year program, about 230 uh, undergraduate students in our two-year program. Uh, And so enrollment is is moving forward, and and we do have have an interest in continuing to grow in the state of North Carolina with it being, you know, the ag industry being 100 and $3.2 $3.2 billion industry in the state, there are a lot of workforce needs. And what's really great about the state of North Carolina is that we're such a diverse agricultural ecosystem, right? So when you talk about agricultural jobs and you talk about the College of Ag and Life Sciences, there are so many opportunities for where you could work. It's not just agricultural practices and, and, and the pre-production side, but it could also be on the production side or supply chains, uh, even on the consumption side, right, with, uh, you know, what foods are we consuming, how do we provide, how do we look at, at healthy consumption, and all of those things are driven by a number of different demographics, uh, socioeconomics, there are cultural drivers involved in that, the environment, the water and Rainfall and, and storm events drives that. Policy is a huge driver of that. Uh, of course, technology and science. You know, something I'm really passionate about as an engineer is how do we how do we continue to bring technology into agriculture? And then there's the political, geopolitical uh, drivers to that. And so, you know, I think what we need to do as a college and really as across agriculture from a from an educational standpoint is just to make sure that we emphasize that. There are really great opportunities for students to work in agriculture, to to apply the really great technology that they're using every day in their hands, 
right, and to work on problems that are going to have an immediate impact on society. And so that's an exciting time to move into agriculture. Um, and, and so and the job opportunities are just very – they're all over the place, right? If you want to live in a small community, you want to live in a larger area, you want to work in – you know, kind of animal production side, or you want to work on biotechnology. There's just so many job opportunities that are there. What facilities and uh, advantages do we have at NC State that lured you back? And also, as a dean recruiting high-level students, what do yeah. you have on the table to be able to show people? Yeah, uh, in order to be able to do 21st century agriculture, we need 21st century facilities. And we are making really great strides already. We've got a long way to go. Uh, one of those that uh, just opened about a year and a half ago is, of course, our new plant sciences building uh, with the Plant Sciences Initiative on campus. This is a state-of-the-art building, research laboratories, and even a state-of-the-art greenhouse on the top of that building that kind of lights up that side of campus on Centennial Campus. There's really state-of-the-art plant science-based research that's being conducted in that building and not only the research is being conducted in that building, but we're very cognizant of the fact that we need to make sure that the research that's in that building gets conveyed out to the growers and the producers within the state of North Carolina. And so that's a big push for us right now is to identify programs and pathways to make sure that we're getting that technology out of the building. You know, one of the biggest things about being in North Carolina and working in agriculture is we have 18 research stations and four field labs across the entire state of North Carolina. We go from the coast all the way up to the mountains. And the other really innovative and, and really um, an aspect of that that is a competitive advantage for us is the partnership that we have with Commissioner Troxler's office in the North Carolina Department of Agriculture because many of those research stations, some of those research stations are owned and operated by NCDA. Some of those research stations are owned and operated by NC State. It's really hard to tell the difference and to tell which station you're on because there's such a great partnership between NC State University and the North Carolina Department of Agriculture, there's infrastructure at each all of those stations to basically do cutting-edge, innovative work in agriculture, and that's across the board, whether we're looking at the plant sciences, whether we're looking at food animal uh, research, whether we're looking at aquaculture, it gives us a competitive advantage, and it, it, re it is really an attraction point for people to come to North Carolina. Jeff and I are talking with Dr. Gary Fox. He is the Dean of NC State University's Ag and Life Sciences. We'll have more on Ag and NC in just a moment. Bill Carone Cars in Wallace is the only Chevy GM dealer in Eastern Carolina to be an AgPAC dealer, which means any farmer who buys a vehicle at Bill Carone is eligible for more than $30,000 in savings on products you probably already use. Everything from tires to crop products. Check out the advantages of the AgPAC program at Bill Carone Cars in Wallace or online at BillCaroneGM.com. You're listening to Agriculture in North Carolina on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Thanks in part to Donna Byram with First Choice Insurance Partners. Call Donna today at 252-792-1189. Let her protect your yield so you can stay in the field. I'm Dan Miller and as always joined by Jeff Turner. We're talking with Dr. Gary Fox, who is the new dean at the School of Ag and Life Sciences at NC State. Jeff? We've had a lot of conversation with regard to what I will call farming water. Uh, it's poor, probably a poor way to describe it, but in, in a nutshell, that's what it amounts to. With all the, the problems that we've had, in, especially in eastern North Carolina with flooding uh, during storms, and if we think about all the hard surfaces that are being created every day with roads and 
and buildings and rooftops and those sorts of things, uh, it's become very clear we're going to have to take some evasive measures in order to mitigate some of the problems created by all that. Yeah, I, I think there's a, a really great opportunity here, and, and we're trying to take a leadership role with that at NC State. We actually developed a couple of years ago uh, just trying to organize ourselves a little bit better around our water expertise in the college through a water initiative. One of the things that we're really talking about is how do we plan for and get ready for the next flood event that's that's likely to come? And how do we look at you know, our entire state or or at least our watersheds as systems from a systems perspective, right? Where is the water falling? Where is it running off? Uh, Where has there been development that potentially may be causing additional runoff to occur? And how do we take advantage of the landscapes that we have in order to potentially hold and store and hold back some of that water? In previous decades, a lot of that was building reservoirs to do that and flood control structures to do that. Uh, but I think we're going to have to get more innovative in the types of approaches and the types of ways that we might potentially store floodwaters. You know, there are going to be some storms that are just so large that we're going to flood. Um, but there are going to be other events that if we take a very systematic and systems-level approach to this, that we can help alleviate uh, the, some of the flooding that, that will occur. We've even started really doing this in our College of Ag and Life Sciences we probably have the world's expert in stormwater management in the College of Ag and Life Sciences here at NC State, Dr. Bill Hunt, who actually does work mainly with urban areas in trying to convert hard surfaces and urban surfaces back to more kind of green and natural landscapes, uh, rain gardens and bioretention cells that allow the water to infiltrate instead of just running off into our streams and our rivers. And so I think what we're going to see is the opportunity potentially to take that kind of research and extrapolate that out uh, into agricultural landscapes. We also have research in the college that's looking at other practices. So things like can we use on-farm water storage pond structures in order to store water and potentially store water when we don't need the water and then maybe even in the growing season recycle that water back onto crop fields and things like that to use that water, to use the nutrients in the water to help us with with crop growth and yield. And, and we've got faculty members here in the college that are working on that right now, uh, looking at both cotton and some corn production, some soybean results as well already that are showing, you know, just in trying to quantify exactly what those benefits are. We really need to kind of extrapolate that up to a full systems level perspective. It also interfaces with, with a lot of other things in our state, though, and a lot of the other agencies in our state. When we start looking at infrastructure, we might have, for example, culverts that are undersized on roadways, and those culverts may end up forming kind of a natural dam that could back water up. And so are there opportunities for us to work with the Department of Transportation or some of the other departments to try to look at where, again, on a systems level, looking at the whole watershed, where are there concerns about potentially water backing up, and how do we use agricultural landscapes as ways to to maybe store and alleviate some of that flooding? Let me ask another water question that's totally different and maybe even more sure. difficult to solve, and that is uh, saltwater intrusion. We're seeing more oh, of that yes. in coastal North Carolina. What causes that, and what's a potential? There's no remedy, but uh, what's a path? Yeah, there's some water management type activities that we can do. I know there's been uh, a number of, of ditch type systems that have been used uh, over next to our coast. You know, I think we've seen 
I, I visited with with some producers and some farmers over on, and within the Blacklands that have you know have indicated to me that you know they do see that there are some rising sea levels have resulted in salt concentrations that are moving up. I think there's there's opportunities for us again to look at how we manage those landscapes with regard to fresh versus salt water and maintaining the ditch systems that we have in place over in the in that part of the state but it's it's a it's an absolutely difficult problem you know maybe there are ways that we can in the future uh you know use genetic engineering or something like that or genome editing potentially to look at developing crop species that might be more salt tolerant and so while we are getting some intrusion that's happening in there how do we manage those lands and manage those soils to keep the salt levels at a minimum and then bring in uh, new crops or bring in existing crops that, that have traits that allow them to to be produced on, on a little higher salt concentration soil? Jeff, I, I don't know, but if you could imagine a couple of decades ago, a, a young Gary Fox at a family reunion in, in northern <laughs> Texas saying, hey, I'm going into water and what his <laughs> – you're getting your master's yeah. in water? Yes, exactly. Well, you know, I grew up, I grew up on the farm and I did a little bit of the farm work. My brothers were doing a lot more than I was, but you know, I remember the best days that I had were days where I was, you know, going to the farm ponds or the creeks and, and fishing all day, right? And, uh, just had the wonderful opportunity to spend a lot of time next to those ponds and next to those creeks and really built a, really built a passion for it. Is there any, on maybe the research farm in Plymouth or something, where is where can we take and and put some of this research into practice at least on a smaller scale? What do you see that happening? You, you mentioned the Blackland sections of, of North Carolina. What yep. is, is it possible that we can start at least begin the process of trying to understand how we may deal with this? It's not a matter of if we're going to flood again, it's just when, and, and yeah. for God's sake, I hope it's a long time out, but it's going to happen. I think what we're doing right now is, and Dr. Muhammad Yusuf is, is leading that within our college, is really looking at how do, we, how do we optimally design these systems, right? And so what size of a pond is necessary? Um, how many ponds within a large watershed, for example, would you need in order to alleviate some of the flooding? There may be wetland areas as well, right, as another practice to alleviate that flooding. You know, we could potentially park some water into those wetlands and then slowly release it back out. So where are those wetland systems within within that? So I, we've got the expertise and we've got the individual parts of the research going on. And what, what really needs to be done is for us to really start to bring these pieces together, I think, in order to, again, look at it across the entire system to do that. We've covered a pretty good amount of ground, but Dr. Fox will give you the last word, and we'll give you a second or two to think about that. We'll be back with more of Ag and NC in a moment. You're listening to Ag and NC, thanks in part to Ag Carolina Farm Credit, financing rural North Carolina for generations, lending solutions for farms, land, and homes personalized for you. Ag Carolina Farm Credit, giving you room to grow. Thanks in part to April and BG at Farmers Connection. If you not put a copy of the Farmer's Connection in your hand, I highly recommend it. The Farmer's Connection is a newsprint magazine with information and ads from dealers and suppliers right here in North Carolina. Check out used equipment from dealers like Mark Chesson and Sons in Williamston, Caps Trailer in Dover. We're going to get up with Jim Caps when we get to the Southern Farm Show in Raleigh coming up at the beginning of the month, or I should say the end of this month, beginning of next month. Acock Tractor in Goldsboro. 
Modern Tractor in Richlands, Scott Land Plains in Columbia, and Premier Equipment Company, Rocky Mount and Field, Washington and Aden, and will be in their booth at the Southern Farm Show. Farmers Connection, online and available at independent farm equipment dealers all over North Carolina. Dean Fox, we've covered a pretty good amount of area, but is there something we may have missed you want to make a comment on? It's just an exciting time to be at, at, at NC State University. Uh, like I talked about earlier with, uh, you know, some of the things that we have done is, you know, just a, a year and a half ago opening up uh, a brand new building and a brand new initiative around the plant sciences arena, which is really elevated the stature of NC State moving forward uh, and within our college moving forward in terms of the agricultural technology that's that's being developed and then the programs that are getting that technology out. Um, we're really looking at, at, at where are the next steps for us. And in our ag economy in the state, you know, a third of it is really plant-driven. Two-thirds of it is really food animal-driven. And so a big focus for us right now um, that we've really focused on and we, we really want to re-energize is a, is a focus around a food animal initiative within the college. You know, we're going to have to feed what do they say? By 2050, we've got to feed nine and a half billion dollar in you know nine and a half billion people. Uh, we're going to have to increase um, animal food production by 70 percent, uh, and so we need to be prepared for that. And so we're trying to we're really trying to position ourselves uh, around how do we put together a food animal initiative to help support that uh, that industry within the state. And then we talked about a lot about technology and moving forward and. I am a believer in this idea that artificial intelligence and AI is going to change the way we work in agriculture. I think um, one of the things I always tell people is there are some groups that are very nervous about AI replacing them as they, you know, as it continues to develop. But uh, I've never seen a computer grow an apple or, or a wheat crop or beef cow. And so AI for us uh, at NC State, the way we're envisioning it in, is really as a that the AI platform is going to be a co-pilot that's going to go along with the farmer or the producer to help make decisions. And so one of the things that we are really interested in in the college is how do we get ready to prepare a workforce that's going to have uh, and need to be much more well-versed around uh, artificial intelligence moving forward. And so we're very excited about some of the new initiatives there. But again, it's a it's an exciting time to be at NC State. I think it's an exciting time to be in agriculture, and it's really an exciting time to be in agriculture in North Carolina. Dean of the College of Ag and Life Sciences at NC State University, Dr. Gary Fox, thanks for being on Ag in NC. Thank you, Dean. It's good to talk to you. Thanks for taking time. Yeah, really appreciate the, the, the time and the conversation. That's this week's Ag and NC. A couple of reminders coming up February the 1st. Henry Hinton's Talk of the Town program will be live from the Southern Farm Show. You can listen on the way driving into the show. We'll be there from 7 till 9 a.m. Henry's guests include Jeff Turner, Ag Commissioner Steve Troxler, and Sean Harding, President of North Carolina Farm Bureau. Ag and NC is made possible by Ag Carolina Farm Credit. First Choice Insurance Partners, and the North Carolina Department of Agriculture and Consumer Services. Got to be NC. Find links to those folks on our website at agandnc.com. Ag and NC is a production of Interbanks Media, copyright 2024. For myself and Jeff Turner, make it a great week.